Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr. and Mike Golik Sr. here. We got a great show for you guys, as always. Make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review us. Leave us a five-star rating and check us out here live Monday through Friday from 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern on the DraftKings Network, DraftKingsNetwork.com, the YouTube channel, Samsung TV+, Plus, Roku, and more. Uh, Listen, we've got plenty to get to today. Our all-weekend team, the best of what we saw from this entire weekend, but Dad, it's time to start with what we saw at the NBA All-Star Game last night, or what we didn't see, at least according to many of the people in charge of playing it, watching it, and governing over it. The Eastern Conference team beats the West 211 points to 168 (laughs) games last night in a game where Damian Lillard wins his third NBA All-Star Game MVP after also winning the three-point contest this year. So a good weekend for Dame, who had struggled, Dad. Uh, A bad weekend for anybody that was hoping hoping to tune into this game and see something that it is not at this point, which is a whole lot of effort. So why would anybody think that's going to change? I mean, anybody that thinks they're all of a sudden going to start trying, this is, this is the Pro Bowl all over again. And I know how the Pro Bowl used to be played. I know how the NBA All-Star game used to be played. Gang, get over it. It's not going back there anymore. You can hate it. You can like it. You can be indifferent about it. But it's not going to change. We can try and think of, and we will, other things to do to make it entertaining We saw what the NFL did, did do a bunch of different skills things, including dodgeball, and then play a flag football game. They say, okay, screw it. You know what? It's not going to be a hard-hitting game anymore. We're just going to go to something else. You wonder if that's where the NBA is going. I mean, 143 shots for the West, 146 shots for the East, 97 threes attempted for the Eastern squad. I mean, it, it, Mike, I haven't watched, and, and I'm not going to rip it. Don't, don't get me wrong when I say I, I kind of have it on in the background. I don't really focus on watching it anymore because it doesn't interest me. It was kind of like the Pro Bowl as well. People complain about the Pro Bowl, and I just say don't watch it. Don't watch it. If you don't like, I, I like the Saturday night events in the NBA. I, I enjoyed the skills challenge and the three-point and the dunk contest. I've always liked that more than the game anyway. So I always watch that on Saturday night. I didn't really watch the All-Star game on Sundays, but I'm not saying in a a bad way. I just didn't enjoy watching it like that. And and I remember, Mike, we went through this with the Pro Bowl, and the Pro Bowl would still rate high every year with people complaining. And that's how I would just say, just don't watch it if you don't like it, because you're not going to get, you're not going to get a competitive game. That's not going, it's not going back to that. Players aren't going to do that. So what do you do going forward? Well, and I guess the question I want to pose is, does that even matter anymore at the place that we are currently in with the NBA? Someone it kind of matters to is Adam Silver, who got forced to present the trophy to the winning (laughs) team last night and did not seem (laughs) thrilled about any of it. And to the Eastern Conference All-Stars, 
you scored the most points. Well, congratulations. Giannis, your team, <laughs> this trophy is yours. Like, bro, this is the celebration of the sport that you preside over as the commissioner, and you are so disgusted with the product put on the court that that is all you can muster as well. You scored the most points, so I guess technically I got to give you this trophy. That sounds like someone, yeah. Dad, who quite frankly expects more out of this situation still for some reason. Yeah, he can, and he can expect all he wants. So, I mean, everyone is going to sit there and gnash their teeth about this thing, about what the, or the days gone by used to be. And most would think as a 61-year-old, I might be one of those guys, but I'm not. Man, this, this has been gone for a while, the competitive NBA All-Star game, the competitive NFL All-Star game. They love showing the replays of the hard hits from the Pro Bowl. Great. It was great when it all went on, but it's just not going to go on anymore. So what's the answer? Well, no, I guess that, and that, and that was the question I go back to is, why does it matter if these are now all of a sudden right. lesser efforted or things that are less competitive in a day and age where we have more access to these sports than ever? We are getting more content around these sports. We get a ton of games already, so much so that we're debating if the NBA is playing too many regular season games, given the current structure of the sport and what we actually care about. I understand that in a time before, Dad, this used to mean something. And when the NBA was a much younger entity, having this as a way to sort of you know, boost the sport's appeal and give these people an exhibition and a showcase of the greatest stars in the sport probably was something that had value that I just don't think it has anymore. Like you said, it's still going to rate because it's sports on TV for the most part. Yeah. And in all actuality, the best utility for it right now, and this kind of bleeds into the other conversation that comes up about this, is the location of these all-star games. We heard Charles Barkley making fun of Reggie Miller last night saying, hey, Reggie, I'm great. I hope you had a great time with your city. I never want to be back here because it was snowing that weekend. It was cold out. It was Indiana. Right. It was the state of Indiana in February. And the other utility this really serves is, hey, you still do get a lot of star players in front of young fans, people in markets that might not get to see these guys as much over the course of even a long season. They get this opportunity to have their city have all these guys to send down there and at least see them in person and get the juice out of that. And to me, Dad, that sounds like enough. Like, I don't think I need all-star games to be good or competitive anymore. No, I I don't. I Like I said, um, you know, I saw, we saw the switch over uh, to where it was competitive and becoming non-competitive, and and that's fine. I get it. I, I get if players don't want to go that hard for the fear of maybe getting hurt or just for the fact that they're kind of resting a little bit. LeBron paid some, you know, early on, uh, obviously, in this game, ended up playing just 14 minutes. He's got an ankle, so he's not going to play much. So, you know, same with the football. These guys were going to stop hitting one another because they were like, why in the hell would we take the chance? Because they've seen players get hurt there where all of a sudden you're rehabbing in the offseason. Mike, to me, there's only one solution. The Pro Bowl used to be played a week after the Super Bowl, right? So the sure. Pro Bowl normally would have been played this past weekend. And also the NBA All-Star Game was this past weekend. It is time to merge the two. It is time to put NFL yes. players and, and NBA players go. together. And not I'm not saying play this crazy game. I'm saying do some skills competitions in both sports. You know, not where anybody's hitting one another and all that, but get these two sports together, some of the greatest athletes, have them do skills challenge against these, each other in each other's sports. Yeah, we're reaching the point right now where – uh, reality television and uh, reality sports are kind of merging worlds here because the best comp I could think of is the Bachelor franchise. The season right now is enjoying a quite a renaissance because they got a good Bachelor and they got compelling characters that are here to be the Bachelor castmates. With the NBA, the easiest solution would be, hey, the players do care a little bit more and play a little bit harder and give a little bit more effort into it. But now we got to zhuzh it up. And I think you're absolutely right. My stock reply for anything to fix any all-star game has always been whittled down to one piece of advice. It's let the football players play basketball. If you wanted to fix the NFL's, uh, you know, the NFL's uh, sport, uh, Pro Bowl, you just let the football players play a five-on-five -five basketball game against each other. And I promise you'd get the most competitive sporting event that you've ever seen as a nation. 
But now, and especially after last night, Dan, I do wonder if there's some crossover appeal because the one thing that we had this weekend that I think did register on the Richter scale for a lot of people and did draw added interest was the three-point shooting contest between Steph Curry and yes. Sabrina Ionescu. And that took place separate from the actual three-point contest. Again, Steph, or excuse me, Damian Lillard won the three-point contest that took right. place amongst all the NBA players. But we had had this build event that was separate from that of Sabrina Inescu from the New York Liberty and Steph Curry, obviously, from the Golden State Warriors going head-to-head -head because Sabrina had won the three-point contest at the WNBA All-Star Game and won it by beating Steph Curry's overall record of what he had scored in the NBA game. And it created a bunch of great buzz and great moments. Sabrina Inescu, after this game, who, by the way, lost. Steph Curry beat her 29-26. to 26. Her 26 points would have been good enough to tie the winning score from the three-point contest at the All-Star Game. That was the score that Damian Lillard won with. But this was Sabrina after the game talking about the gravity of this moment. Just continuing to use my platform, and I think a night like tonight shows um, a lot of young girls and young boys that if you can shoot, you can shoot, and um, it, it doesn't matter um, if you're a girl or boy. I think it just matters the heart that you have and wanting to be the best that you can be. You know what? You can shoot. That's for sure. So, Dan, a moment like that, I do wonder specifically, you mentioned the NFL and the NBA, but even the W in the NBA, I think there's a chance for some crossover appeal on how they yes. might do things from here on out in a way that benefits both sides. Oh, I think absolutely they, they could do that. This, this was a winning competition, right? And when you heard both of them say they were kind of nervous before, I think one of the things they were nervous about was it just being one round, one time through, and if they had clunkers, right? If it was like a yep. 15 to 13 game, you know, instead of 29, 26. Sabrina came out and again, she shot from uh, where, the, where the men's three-point line is. And as you mentioned, she had 26 points, just like the four guys who did in the three-point contest until they whittled that down. And then Steph did what Steph does. You know, hit those last two shots to to, to well, it was, it was a shot the, the 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 second to last shot that got him the win, but still it was close. There was pressure on him, as he said he felt even through the second rack when he missed a couple. You know, thinking, uh oh, you know, I, I got to turn this on. I thought that worked perfectly, and and to to think and and run it back at the WNBA All Star Game, right? Bring back some of the NBA guys, you know, to maybe shoot or do it again at All Star Weekend for the for the 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 NBA, but I agree. There's got you're already thinking about is it Sabrina again next year as a top three pointer and bringing Caitlin Clark against two NBA players. People are already were talking about that. So that's where I think the creativity needs to come in is the mixing and matching. Like I liked the the skills challenge, the three three per three man teams of the Pacers sure. team, the All Stars, and the former number one picks going through the skills challenge, you know, as teams and that one going to overtime uh, as well. So that's where this needs to go. You need to think of, you know, outside the box a little bit from the norm of how we can have these contests and how we can, to use the term used before, zhuzh it up a little bit, you know, to make it exciting to watch. So we've talked about crossover NFL, NBA. Now we talk about WNBA and NBA. There, there are definitely situations out there and things that you can do uh, to keep it somewhat exciting without players playing a hard game against one another because they're not going to do it. I will say, and I don't usually spend a lot of time bashing other announcers, and it won't be a bashing here, but Kenny Smith's commentary, pretty disappointing at the end of the three-point contest between mm. Sabrina Ionescu and yeah. Steph Curry, just refusing to give up the point that she should have shot from the women's three-point line, like yep. missing the entire plot. The whole point of this was yeah. she wanted yeah. to shoot from the guy's three-point line so that this would be an even competition so we wouldn't have people on the other side after who, if she had won, would have instantly gone right. to, oh, well, she's shooting yep. from the women's side. She's shooting the ball, like highlighting the differences in an event that was supposed to be about the common ground that these two stood on was just a... a, a I won't want to say it undercut the moment because that's a disservice to what Steph and Sabrina did. They were both great ambassadors for the game. There was money that went to they both were. of their charities that came out of this. There was a lot of good, and I'd imagine for a lot of young women and girls that were sitting around watching this, what a cool moment to, again, continue to put eyes and focus on the women's game that is enjoying such a great, and I saw J.J. Redick use the word, such a surge in popularity over the recent number of yeah. years. 
I don't want to say it undercut that moment, but it certainly didn't help in that instance to have what should have been this celebratory moment all of a sudden undercut by Reggie Miller and company having to go out there and try and put out this fire that Kenny wouldn't stomp out himself. Yeah, he belabored the point. He just kept going. You know, it'd be one thing if you want to mention it, if you wanted to mention it in the beginning, if you felt strongly about it as an announcer, that's what you do uh, if you want to give your opinion. But yeah, I, I thought he kept harping on it uh, more than than he should have. I agree. I think he kind of missed the whole point of what was going on out there. I thought that was a, a big success. The three-point was as well with a four-way tie, and you had to get it down to three, even though it was Tyrese Halliburton that got knocked out, the hometown kid. Congrats to Damian Lillard. Did something that was last done by Jordan in 88. That's win a Saturday night event and then be the MVP of the All-Star game. So congrats to him for that. So, you know, there are fun moments from this. You know, the, well, obviously we'll get into the slam dunk contest at some point as well. But as I said, I like the Saturday events way more than the Sunday events. And, and I'll be interested to see what things they come up with, just like they did for the Pro Bowl and what they come up with in basketball to kind of change it around a little bit uh, so we don't get the disappointed Adam Silver handing out trophies after a game. I mean, now that these games don't have any meaning, thanks to the Major League Baseball All-Star game doing away years ago with that ridiculous no. notion that that game was going to decide home field in the World Series. Like, we're not so going to do anything like that. I mean, you could you could very easily, and I know they're not going to, but like you could very easily easily replace the game with something else at this point. I'm sure because again, it's sports and it's still going to rate. They're going to trot something out here the same way they yeah, do for yes. the NFL because they've got to fill that time slot. But like, I'd rather I ask people for their worst ideas to help fix the celebrity All Star Game, and quite honestly, there were some ones in there more in the mundane that I would watch that NBA players would be much more interested in too. Like, could you imagine the Eastern Conference and Western Conference All Scars competing in escape rooms at the same time, watching the personalities in there, who folds under pressure oh. in some critical moments, how they work together as a team? I'd be all in for something like that. Karaoke, having them have to figure out a group number, some individual numbers, all these different things that you could do that were actually way more interesting because it's not stuff that these guys have to or get to do every day? Uh, listen, I agree. And, and, and I think it's fun to go over some things that you could try. You can you could chuckle at some of these. I did see one of those responses did put in there the NBA and the NFL kind of merging uh, because, as I said, it would fall on the normal weekend. The Pro Bowl used to be a week after the Super Bowl. But yeah, this is time to think outside the box. But, you, but you're right. You know they want a full arena Saturday night and Sunday night. So Saturday night is taken care of. That's always going to be there with those competitions. Whether you think they're good or bad, those are the ones that they're just kind of shifting around a little bit. It's what do you do with Sunday? Because you want the full house again. You want everybody there. So what do you do with that game? Because that's really what we're talking about, right? We're talking about the Sunday, you know, that that game time that goes on and what you need to do there. Like there's not much that's not that much else on TV. Like I hadn't watched it yet, but the season nope. finale of the new True Detective Night Country was last night. And besides that, you don't really have a ton of confidence con or con or yeah, conflict. If you're the NBA, you don't have a ton of, uh, yeah, competition. No, that's the C word that I was looking for. Jesus, it's early on there Monday, you go. but yeah, there's not a lot of impetus for you to go out there and meaningfully change this in any way. I will say the one big winner of the weekend, dad, the led court, that thing was awesome. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that was very cool. Uh, I, I think that was a, a, a neat ad. So, I, you know, I used to say this about the pro bowl game, Mike is, if they don't change it, so be it, because it's still rated. People watched it. So my thought was always, don't watch it if you don't want to watch it. But if you could find things to kind of shift it up and make things more interesting without putting – because the players obviously do not want to play hard, and I'm not going to fault them for that. I'm not going to be that old guy on the porch that said how they used to do it. I'm not going to fault them for that. So find something that fits in the today's world and today's game – that will work, or maybe they'll just leave it alone. Maybe, maybe they're they're fine with it. Maybe they say, you know what, the arena filled, people are going to watch. I don't know what the ratings are going to be for it. I have no idea. But like you said, if there's no real other competition, you know, the golf was going on, you know, but that that was a, a little earlier. Obviously, it was over by the time this game started. So yeah, maybe they won't change it at all. Maybe they're like, this is just where it is. 
Like, this isn't going to make the difference for the yeah. NBA when it comes to signing their next television deal, which is really the thing that Adam Silver's got to be most concerned about. You already, if you're the NBA, came out of this season with a win in the in-season tournament, so you're playing with house money right now. Like, fixing yeah. the All-Star game, to me, very low on the list of priorities for the NBA at this point, considering what a drop in the bucket it is now. Again, in this day and age where we have more national TV games with League Pass, you've got access to so much. You're constantly inundated with this online. You've got behind-the-scenes content. There's just not as much of a need for this to be this banner-attractive event for the entire country and instead seems to be much more of a regional reward where a lot of the members of the media will come in and complain about the weather in your city and maybe make you not feel so good. But at the end of the day, you still get all the stars of the NBA, the stars of your particular league coming around there so you can hang out and show the kids. And I thought that about the Pro Bowl because it rated, don't change, but they did change. And you could tell the disappointment in Adam Silver's voice in giving that trophy out. So I think he is going to want something different going forward. Yeah, I guess that's the thing. You're always here about keeping your boss happy. And so Adam Silver, clearly someone not very happy. And we'll see how the NBA adjusts. Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. It's time for Cash It or Trash It, presented by DraftKings. Stay tuned because you'll hear more about DraftKings and all it has to offer throughout the show. DraftKings, the crown is yours and, Dad, you and I talked going into the weekend about the slam dunk contest and some of the odds going into that. And you made the very correct and bold proclamation that Mac McClung was about to go back to back, and he did. Uh, Dad, what would you think of all this? I, I generally look at the dunk contest now, and I, I made a very bad analogy that I'll try and explain better now about the Bachelor franchise where... You have a good bachelor, you have good contestants now, but for years when that was less of a certainty... You had to change up the format a bunch. You had to do all these different date things and try and work it around it to try and cloud everyone's vision from that and overcome it with all of those changes. It feels like where we're at with the dunk contest right now, and I feel like Mac McClung is able to cut through because at a certain point he just realizes instead of trying to bring a car out there and jump over that, or you know, even though he did stack two people on top of each other to an extent, so he's yeah, not he totally recused from this. <clears throat> But at the end of the day, yeah. it's jump high and dunk hard. I feel like we need to get back to our roots as a dunk contest where we try and put all the rest of this to the side. I don't need to see you do all that other stuff and then barely get the ball over the rim. I need to see you jump high and dunk hard. And to some extent, Mac McClung was able to do that. Yeah, uh, he was. And when, when you're 6'2", that helps. When you're going against guys that are 6'8", 6'9", and you're able to slam it down. Listen, Mac McClung has has some hops, and he did it twice. He hopped over two guys, and he hopped over Shaq uh, as well. But it, it was impressive to do. But but I'm with you in, I guess, in something that I, I you can always be creative in dunks, but if it takes away from, you want to see the ball go through the basket hard. That's what we think of, and you, that's why, slam dunk. You want to see the ball slammed through the hoop, right, with some authority. 
And when you're right, when it's just making it over the rim because there's too much extracurricular activity going on, it's not as it's not as cool as a whoa, you know, when he slams it down. Quite honestly, the the story of this one was the the uh, the, the the people scoring, getting booed, the judges getting booed with some yeah. of their scores they were giving out. That, that was, I mean, they were getting basically ripped by the announcers and everybody else. But uh, yeah, I, I mean. Also, a lot of people thought Jalen Brown's score in the first round was because it was Jalen Brown, right? And the other names in there weren't household names, even though Matt McClung had won it last year. So how much was name value? I think Reggie Miller or Kenny, one of them even said it about the Jalen Brown slam, that that was on name value more than the dunk itself. Because I thought Matt McClung's best dunk was his first dunk when he should have got 50s, and, and he didn't. Uh, but but again, when you have judges out there, things are going to differ. So I don't know how much can change there. We don't see the monster names anymore. Like in the 20 years of LeBron's been at the All-Star, he's never been in the dunk contest. And we all wanted to see that. Like we saw Michael Jordan go back-to-back years ago winning that. You want the stars doing it. And when the stars don't do it, then you want you need all this glitz and glamour. So I think even as people were saying, people start to overthink it a little bit instead of just really slamming a ball down really, really hard while doing some trickeration as well. You don't just want a standard dunk. So I, I, I'm not sure where it goes. I, I, I Again, I, is this one well, we've hit seen the, too the, much. the jumping we've seen the shark too much. here? There have been too many dunks yeah. over the years, and that's why these guys feel all this pressure. Like, I'm empathetic to that because we live in a world now where, I mean, hell, Jalen Brown, most of his dunks were an homage to dunks from years past. That was sort of his bit the entire night. Yep. But it's also this reminder, we've seen a lot at this point. And I think all of us just need to kind of accept that, judges included, and just start having more fun with this. Like somewhere along the way, we use the fact that we've been inundated with dunks over time to be less impressed by how insane this is. Mac McClung won because one, he needs this more than everybody else right now. He's the guy yes. out there wearing a G League jersey. He was wearing a G League jersey last year. He's a 6'2 white guy. Watching him do that is objectively amazing when we account for size. It's why we've always appreciated smaller guys in the dunk contest because it makes us ooh and ah and do the thing. Like everybody just needs to, I think, stop taking this so seriously and just relax. The scorers too, like when you have the judges that aren't losing their minds and the announcers, like everybody's got to be a little bit more in on something that can still be fun because you've still got some of the best athletes in the world. And if we're not going to get the stars, bring us more Mac McClungs, guys who are going to attack this with everything in them and give us the ferocity that we're looking for. Yeah, I would agree. So I, I, this has, we've been saying this for a while about the dunk contest, right? Three point contest isn't going to change. You shoot threes. Skills challenge that they can change up some of the things you do and make it teams like they did, which I enjoyed. But the dunk contest is a dunk contest. It used to be the most looked forward to thing for NBA All-Star Weekend, and it's not anymore. And I don't know if it's anybody's fault, Mike, for it, just the fact that we've seen all the dunks. We've seen everything, and I don't know how much more that you can do with it outside of bringing in different people. Again, if we merge this with some NFL stuff, now we got NFL guys dunking you know, and trying to do some crazy dunks. So that just adds to it. Something different. You just got to twist it up a little bit. I I do think the All-Star game, well, really, I mean, we talked about one of the uses already. And, Dad, I don't know if you saw or heard the clip of Charles Barkley taking not-so-inadvertent shots at both Indiana and San Francisco last night, actually, in a way that is kind of what you've got to take when it comes with the Charles Barkley territory. If we're going to love all the -the off-the-cuff stuff all the time there, occasionally you're going to get him wading into waters that make everybody involved a little bit uncomfortable on the broadcast, and it did so, especially with his shots at the uh, San Francisco homeless situation. But Indiana, Dad, I I found myself falling into the trap at the beginning of the weekend as a media member and a coastal elite and all those things where I walk in and I'm like, oh man, like for the players, is it really a reward if you've got to go to a place that's cold or when it snows? You've covered a bunch of cold weather Super Bowls as well, all these things. And I, I, I got enough of the shouts back that actually made sense and was willing to kind of put my hand up, admit I'm wrong when it comes to this because it is still an opportunity. I think in all of this, we talk about, and you and I are in the show, are always very pro-player in the way that we approach most situations yeah. because we understand 
that between college and the pros, most things operate without their best interest in mind. It's about the almighty dollar. The only person who's probably further down on the rung than that is your average fan of any particular league who is really never catered to anymore because most leagues know, hey, we're going to get your eyeballs on TV no matter what. So what goes on with you in person is really a secondary tertiary need for us. And these all-star games in a situation like this where the NBA uses their all-star game the way the NFL sort of does with like the... Uh, you know, like the draft where you can barnstorm it around and you can bring it to franchises and fan bases that might not get a Super Bowl awarded to their site. I do think at the end of the day, that's a good thing. And this weekend really isn't about the players and hasn't been for a long time. It's reflected in the effort there. They're going to be out there basically for the fan interaction, basically for people to get in front and see these players that may never have another chance in their life. And I think Overall, I, I kind of agree with the people where you could sacrifice one weekend of that in the middle of the season to try and do the one thing that maybe even comes close to serving the fan in a way that actually feels genuine. Yeah, you know, all the events are inside too. So even though if it's at a cold place, you're going inside, you know, with Super Bowl week, sometimes they want to make it outside. Or it's like usually Super Bowl week really starts get going on Wednesdays. Uh, you know, and, and depending, sometimes the NFL experience is outside, sometimes it's inside. Like in Las Vegas, it was inside, inside the convention center, thank God, because it, it rained uh, for the first half of the week. So I don't mind that. Like, you know, I, 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 I'm trying to decide how to say this because I don't really like cold weather Super Bowls in moving around, but this seems to be such a shorter time of just a weekend as opposed to really kind of half a week of what you're going to do to just let the fans enjoy it from different parts of the country that don't get to see these guys up close and personal like they did in Indianapolis over the weekend. Well, I'll say this. If we all agree doing this is still a good thing and that you shouldn't be taken away from these fan bases and you shouldn't just lock it in to the same five places, the conceit on the other side is we don't have to like your city either. Like, that's not the other thing. We don't got to come in and lie to kick it, all right? We can agree that this is a good thing that different cities get represented by this. I don't have to come in and like and espouse the virtues of your city. I can do a good job of being a partner in this, but I don't have to come in here and lie and say that this is like some bustling metropolis or a place right. that's this tropical paradise or anything like that. We don't got to go that far either. There's maybe a comfortable middle ground where we all agree what the game is and we just go about it amicably. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans will feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. So we'll move away from the NBA for a little bit, Dad, although I do want to get to, and because he is our dear friend and our coworker, I'm not going to accuse him of lying, but I want to get to LeBron James, maybe not being fully truthful with us during the <laughs> NBA's all-star game broadcast last night and some things that he had to say about his future. But you mentioned before dad, the other sporting event we had going on this week, the Genesis invitational going on over the weekend and had plenty of juice and box office for us. Hideki Matsuyama ends up winning, which we can spend some time talking about in a little bit, but Dad, in the midst of this, we had another unfortunate Tiger Woods pulling out of a tournament. It says because of illness, but Dad, we watched early on to the back spasms that led to the shank scene around the world 
at the beginning of this tournament here, really, disappointing is the wrong word. It made me sad to watch, Dad. Like, Tiger Woods continuing to go out here and put his body through it despite all of the signals it appears to be sending him that this is probably not something he should be doing anymore is kind of a bummer because he clearly still wants it. He's out there wearing the Sunday red new clothing line stuff that he's trying to put out here. And we get to this point with a lot of athletes at the end of their careers where we seem to want the more storybook ending that makes us feel good while these competitive monsters go out here and try and milk every last bit they can out of their bodies in front of us. Yeah, and listen, he went through so many injuries and surgeries before the car accident even even happened between knee and back and then obviously knee and ankle with the, uh, especially ankle, uh, with the car accident that he was in. So, I mean, th- that's what's tough here. So the, he last, the 23 Masters, he withdrew after that and had ankle surgery again because of that car accident. Then he next played in December, just this past December, at the Hero World Challenge in the Bahamas where he was 18th out of 20 uh, players. And then he played in this one. And this is all you're going to see him in very select events and then the majors if he can and even though, Mike, it just it just looks like it's not going to happen anymore, man, still the anticipation when Tiger Woods shows up to an event, you just everybody just hopes, you know, can he can he be on the first page of that leaderboard? Here, you know, he was one over for the first day, so trying to make the cut the second day before he withdrew. But I don't think that hope will ever stop, even if he's down to just four tournaments a year, and that's the majors if he can play in them. The hope is he'll always be on that first page, and then he'll be in contention. And, you know, I I guess we can sit there and say, because you never know on one weekend, if you can put it all together, maybe it happens again. Uh, uh, Listen, it's it's tough to think it ever will happen again, but, man, the anticipation's always there, right? Tiger's at the event. Maybe this time, maybe this time. And then, unfortunately, some event – you know, normally some injury is going to let him down. Yeah, and listen, I get Genesis, Genesis Invitational is his hosted event. Is like, his, this is right. his baby, and so, of course, he's going to try and be out here for that. I understand that. You brought it up, though. We really just want to see Tiger at the Masters every year, right? At this point, as a fan yeah. and a golf-watching audience, the most general version of it, we want to see Tiger trot out at the Masters every year and try and catch lightning in a bottle again because we've been trying to write right. his body off for years now the same way people tried to write Tom Brady's career off for years, LeBron James' career off for years, and he made us look really silly that one time years ago, and so now we're all still holding on to that hope because, oh, we've doubted him before, and it could certainly happen happen again and we hope that and we wish that even if we don't know exactly if the Sunday red logo is going to be the thing that hits the same way (laughs) uh seeing it in person seeing it real time now dad saw him do a couple of the interviews after and again it's well-intentioned people are going to buy it up because it's tiger but you still can't really sell me on that logo oh I I know but boy people you know people are going to buy I did like the sweater on the first day I like the logo right in the middle of the shirt normally see it off to the side I did kind of like it right in the middle on the sweater, the polo had it off to the side. So, you know, like it, don't like it. Everyone will have their opinion, but it's going to make millions and millions and millions of dollars. Part of the reason why Tiger could just afford to sit his ass down at home, rest his body, and collect money from that and many of the other ventures that I'm sure he's got out there. But that's not how competitive freaks get to the mountaintop the way nope. that they have. Uh, in golf, they also get there by apparently uh, messing up their scorecard, Dad. That was the other big bit of, like, breaking the contains of golf news that we had is Jordan Spieth was disqualified for signing an incorrect scorecard uh, this weekend, dad disqualified for not being able to do math. Well, where does that rank for you on the list of dumbest rules in sports? Or do you think it is a dumb rule that golf requires these guys to have this diligent accounting of their own score the same way the IRS forces us to all kind of have that diligent accounting of the numbers that they know better than us when it comes time for us to do our taxes at the end of every damn year. It makes no sense. It almost feels like this is too much of a, of a penalty, right? You keep the other guy's score. I, I, I saw the process at the Tahoe event I played in in our, our threesomes. You keep each other's scorecard, but you also keep your own score as well. So you're keeping one of your opponent's scores, and you're keeping your score, and then you sit down and you match them up uh, at the end, and then you, we had to sign our scorecard, you know, just like everybody else. And uh, I, 
Do I think this is too much of a penalty? Yes, I do. I think it should be more like a stroke penalty. I mean, for one error that you made, uh, make it a two-stroke penalty. You know, let's keep playing to, to knock you out of the entire tournament. But as Jordan Spee said, listen, those are the rules. It's my fault. I take responsibility for it, and I have to live by that rule. That doesn't mean we have to like the rule. I do think it's a little too harsh and should be like a two-stroke penalty and, and keep playing. Yeah. Spieth got DQ'd after Friday. He signed for a par on the 245-yard uh, par three-fourth hole at Riviera, but he actually made a bogey after missing a five-foot putt on that hole. And, Dad, you know what? I, I went down the golf rabbit hole yesterday on Reddit of why this rule exists because – this is the way that it's played down for every member at every level of golf. And so trying to keep yeah. that sort of unanimous throughout the ranks of golf is something that's prioritized by them. A sport that's whole appeal is based off the fact that you, any normal hack that wants to go and play during the week and the guys, at the PGA are technically playing the same game governed by the same rules and blah, blah, blah. But we know the stakes are different. We know they've got an official scorekeeper <laughs> walking along with them so that people in Vegas know what the score is being accurately tracked. People that are the television, partners know all this we have all this information and so it feels silly and dad considering the fact that we've been able to bully golf before and get rid of that snitch hotline that people could call into oh. if they saw golfers you know do something inappropriate or record an error or do something illegal on the course considering we bullied golf out of that i feel pretty confident in our ability to bully golf into making this a much less punitive penalty to sit there and say they want to keep it uniform, that's fine. PGA, change your rule to a two-stroke penalty and let everybody else change with you. If they don't want to, so be it. <laughs> you know? But, but again, players know what the rule is, so you know you need to be diligent in making sure your score is correct. But I do think it is too harsh. And I do think that was the dumbest thing that could go on in any sport imaginable. Any sport that you could let an actual person loser watching a TV at home on TV dial up a number to think on a player and snitch on a player on a golf course, or you use Twitter to do it as well. One of the last ones that was done before they said, you know what, this is stupid. We need to stop letting these friggin' people call in was in 2017. Lexi Thompson on the LPGA Tour basically marked her ball to putt and when she replaced, put her ball back down, it was a quarter of an inch difference of where she put it down. Somebody called in, and she got she got a four-stroke penalty for that. A four-stroke penalty for that quarter of an inch. And that's basically one of the last things where golf finally said, you know what, this is ridiculous. You know, people at home get a life, number one, that you're sitting there doing that to, the, to these golfers. And thank God they got rid of That was easily the dumbest thing in all of sports. By far, and you're right, the people that were at home doing that, find God, find a hobby, find anything to save oh, you from whatever hell led you to that point something. where you wanted to call the snitch line. Could not imagine that being part of my constitution as a human being. But Dad, that does highlight that at least gave her a material advantage here. Jordan Spieth's score was always going to be recorded correctly by the people who it mattered yeah, to, to it know his score and to get his score out there. And he got disqualified from the tournament. Like, make it make sense. In this case, quite literally, the math ain't mathin'. And so we need to fix this right yeah. now. It happened to a high-profile enough player to where, like most sports, you don't want your really good players not on the field for competition if you can avoid it. All right, welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr. Dad, let's get to our all-weekend team, the best performers of what we saw over this weekend. Obviously, not as many sporting events at this juncture to choose from. So we're going to go second team all weekend and first team all weekend. And I'll start us off here, Dad. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to a guy getting a payday. Now, we see this happen a <laughs> fair amount in college football, but... This guy walked into a job that was going to be a pretty difficult ask, comes with a lot of outside stressors, and as someone who's had a very difficult road to this point with some of his personal demons that he's had to slay, uh, slay 
Steve Sarkeesian, it was announced that the Texas border regents and everybody involved with that decision-making were working to finalize a contract expansion for Sark to get him paid up there as the Texas head football coach would have him making a little over $10 million a year with some of the incentives built into the contract to remain their head coach. Last year led them to a Big 12 championship in their final year in the Big 12, got to the college football playoff and played a banger of a game against Washington who eventually beat them there, but they finished 12-2. and two. They were third in the final AP poll. He was Big 12 coach of the year, and Dad just overall has this Texas program up and running and online in a way where I feel a lot better about them heading into SEC play next season now because of what Sark has done here in just three short years manning this program. How about his contract, though? How about, uh, basically, until 2027, he's making over $10 million a year. He gets, what, two cars, a private plane, a, yeah. a, a um, golf membership uh, at one of the country clubs out there. I mean, some pretty nice little perks going on there. It's been incredible. And we see a lot of these contracts now for some of the high-profile coaches have yeah. some of this cool stuff built into that, the private jet use, all those things, which, man, with all the money around Texas, and that was the frustration for so many people so long, is you have this motivated, albeit somewhat too meddlesome at times, booster course surrounding that program. You've got all the yeah. resources in the world, and yet they've only mustered what they've mustered in the top end as a program for all this time. Sark came in, Dad, and was immediately and has been one of the best offensive minds in college football, one of the best play designers in college football. He had that offense up and running right away. He's got the trenches on lockdown now where we're talking about a couple of their star D tackles as early round draft picks coming up this spring. That being the difference and just overall now how composed this program looks, we don't hear as much of the noise anymore. We started to just see production right now. And man, that feels like in this day and age with all the changes in college football, a massive step forward for them so congrats to sark on the job that he's done there it's been damn impressive yeah it didn't it did done well and got to the final four before they change it to final 12 because it'll be a little easier to make now but he got to that final four and so we, you know it was either texas or the u who is back well it looks like texas uh is back now my second uh my second team is going to be the south carolina women's basketball team led by dawn staley i mean Listen, another win for them, ho-hum, 70-56 over Georgia. But it was their 43rd straight SEC regular season victory. And we know some of the greats, obviously, the coaching greats today, Dawn, as I mentioned, Dawn Staley, but, you know, Tara Vanderveer and the win she's getting at Stanford and Kim Mulkey at LSU and certainly Gino Oriema. But, man, when you talk about some of the greats, you talk about Pat Summit, right? And Dawn Staley and her South Carolina Gamecocks broke – Pat Summit's record of 42 straight SEC victories from January of 92 until January of 96. So when you're breaking something Pat Summit did, that's even though this team is by far and away the best team in the country, have not lost yet this year, don't know who's going to beat them still, when you put your name ahead of a, a person like Pat Summit in that category, you, you have to have the tip of the cap for him. So tip of the cap to Dawn Staley and that South Carolina team. 43 straight SEC regular season wins. Yeah, I, I, man, I, I think a lot of people, especially young fans now, might just forget, I mean, Tennessee women's basketball for so long. Oh, my gosh. The sun and the moon in that sport. And, and what Pat Summit did at the helm of that program was really the beginning laying the foundation for so much of what we've got now in the sport. So you're right, rarefied air. And Don Staley, who has done this with as much poison swag as any coach on planet Earth uh, throughout the entire process, has built a team. And I know she's sort of bristled at the notion of their style of play, Dad, because they're an incredibly physical basketball team. Like, they're incredibly skilled. I don't want to take away from that all, and I think that's sometimes the thing that gives her pause is the way people seem to act like maybe there's not skill afforded with it but I applaud her for building a basketball team that is so physically imposing and able to overwhelm their opponent defensively on the glass in the paint all these things that are important and matter in a day and age where hell in the NBA we're talking about the bemoaning the lack of a post presence you want some post action you're going to get it in the women's game here and you're especially going to get it yep. in South Carolina with the kind of ballers that they recruit there so Completely with you. Congratulations to them. Let's get to the first team, Dad. 
unsurprisingly, I'm going to go college lacrosse. We are in the early goings of this season right now. And I've already, for anyone unfamiliar, I'm a huge college lacrosse fan. I grew up playing it. I roomed with a guy named Sean Rogers, who was a great star attackman on the Notre Dame lacrosse team. And I've been smitten with the sport ever since. When we get to Memorial Day weekend, you're going to hear my plea for you to check out the sport, one of the fastest growing still on two legs. But Jordan Faison, is a star midfielder for the Notre Dame lacrosse team right now. He is a freshman. He was a four-star recruit. He was the 48th-ranked player in the country, according to Inside Lacrosse last year. He's got six points through two games, and you might be wondering why this matters. It's because the last time on Dragon Ball Z you saw him, he was the MVP of the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl for the Notre Dame football team as a wide receiver, Dad. He was a scholarship lacrosse player who walked onto the football team, but there's an NCAA rule that if you're a player on scholarship in a sport other than football, and you take even a single snap on the football field that fall, you've got to be put on scholarship there so that these football teams aren't trying to skirt the 85 scholarship rule and stash guys on other teams. And so now he's a scholarship football player who's walked on to the lacrosse team who also has way fewer scholarships to work with all that math. But the bottom line is the same speed we saw from that wide receiver on the football field in the fall that ended up being a very important part of the Notre Dame football team is now blazing down the alley and dusting off top cheese in the lacrosse fields this spring. It's been incredible to watch, and I can't wait for him to help Notre Dame go for back-to-back titles now. I was just going to say Notre Dame is a defending NCAA champs. I think in their first two games, they scored over 20 goals in both games, so they are, uh, they're getting after it. But Faison, yeah, it was fun to watch him in the football. And I get that NCAA rule because you know teams would absolutely be stashing scholarships in other sports to give them more uh, in football. So I get that rule for sure. Uh, my first team, and we just mentioned his name. We were talking about Spieth and, and, um, and uh, uh, Tiger Woods because I wanted to save Hideki Matsuyama for my first team all weekend and what he did. He started Sunday six strokes back uh, at the Genesis Invitational. Ends up shooting a 9-under 62, the lowest closing round by a winner at Riviera. So he did that. But even more importantly for him, he had a goal of nine wins on the PGA Tour. And why that was important to him, he passed K.J. Choi of South Korea, who had eight PGA Tour wins. So he got his ninth. He has the most wins uh, recorded on a PGA Tour by an Asian-born player. And that was a goal for him to do, uh, and, and he got there. His swing is one of the best technical swings I've ever seen out on a golf course of how he does it. And just the round that he had as we were watching Cantley kind of go off by the wayside and List go up and, and, and take the lead in this. And then Matsuyama just kept playing and playing, obviously starting six strokes back. He's nowhere near the last group. He's just rising up, rising up, rising up, rising up. And there he is winning it at the end and achieving what he achieved. So congrats to him. I do enjoy watching him play golf, a name we weren't kind of mentioning a lot during that tournament because of other things that went on, but a guy who just kept doing his thing to, to the tune of a 62 on Sunday to get the win. Yep. I know he said he was bummed that Tiger Woods wasn't there to hand him the trophy on the green after the game. Tiger sent out a really nice tweet. Obviously, he was at home dealing with the flu, ended up being what he withdrew with. But you're right. Metsiamic said he coming into Sunday didn't really entertain winning as a realistic thing based on where he was and where the lead was. But put your head down, keep plugging away, and golf is an insanely mental thing. Good things can tend to happen in that spot. So congratulations to Hideki Matsuyama. Congratulations, like you said, to number one ranked Notre Dame lacrosse starting off the season 2-0. and Yeah, I know it's Cleveland Boom. State Marquette. I don't care. Good Come luck. on. We also had Notre Dame linebacker Drake Bowen, the game-winning run for Notre Dame baseball against Rice. Multi-sport athletes doing it big all over campus. How about that? We'll throw that in as a little added bonus for the all-weekend team here. Coming up next, though, we got a big deadline that's going to begin tomorrow in the NFL, a window that opens up and some major decisions on the line for a bunch of your favorite teams and players next.